Blog Talk Radio. Saw that that's not what was really fulfilling me, and 
I had a lot of experience in the human potential movement in the uh, early 70s through the 80s, and uh, I made the jump. I sold my practice, and I uh, looked at really what I really wanted to do with my life. And uh, I decided on education, and I really wanted to work with kids. And I went around. It's really raining. That's what you're hearing if you're hearing it. Uh, <laughs> and I went I went around and uh, went to schools all over the country just to see what was happening in the fields of social-emotional learning. And, you know, I decided to create a program. Originally, I wanted to open a school, and then I said, no, I'll, I'll create a program. And now, is that uh, back in 1992, approximately, that we're talking? Uh, yeah, probably a little before that, a little after that, probably. Yeah, I started in about 94, 95. I, I left my practice in 92. So my practice in 92. Right. And was one of the first programs you developed the self-mastery social and emotional learning curriculum? Was that one of the first things right, you developed? Right, right, yeah, yeah. Got all about that. Could, you, <laughs> could yeah. you describe that to our listeners a bit? Well, it, it, was, uh, it was for kids, and basically it was based on the premise of um, I, I really spent about a year looking at what I thought, with what principles and what people need to learn to be empowered in their life, and it dealt with, and it's still the premise of the course now is still the foundation of the courses we do now 20 years later and it's uh, uh, conscious choice rather than habitual emotional response acceptance rather than judgment taking responsibility rather than blaming forgiveness rather than hatred um, and uh, sort of communication rather than habitual passivity or aggressiveness yeah you know while I was waiting for you to call in um, Dr. Rosenbaum I was telling the listeners how um, I really admired your attempts to change the dynamic of the relationship between teachers, parents, and students to a more yeah. balanced approach with full consideration of emotional health and to yeah. create a, nurt a nurturing environment for excellence. And the comment that I made when I was waiting for you to call in, uh, which you probably didn't hear, was um, that our society today has you know, created so much pressure on everybody, and certainly students, teachers, and parents are not exempt from that. And, you know, th that additional stress, uh, it could be economic stress, it could be emotional stress, uh, any number of things, you know, that filters down to the basic education system. And what you're talking about is sort of a microcosm of our society. Education is a microcosm of our society. Yeah, yeah, it's the foundation of our society, you know. Exactly. So the issues that you are talking about, I think, are really important for all our listeners to to hear and perhaps reflect upon because they they touch all of us. All these issues that we're going to talk about yeah. in this interview really touch us all, no matter what age we are and what our position yeah, is in very life. True. True. So that's one of the reasons that I'm you know so pleased to have you on the show. So if you could okay. talk about. Um, you know, the emotional aspect of the program, the precursor to Education for Excellence, which probably came about in the early 90s when you developed that program. Um, what tools did you did you start with? What tools were you looking for to to make people less reactive, to 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 make people less blaming of other people? Because you know, from my point of view, Dr. Rosenbaum, we live in a society that's all about blaming other people for our problems and victimhood. So how do you get away from that? Well, yeah, that's a, that's great because that's really the a big part of the course. We call it 
create promote allow, it's meaning that uh, we create promote allow uh, basically everything in our life and every relationship. And we're, when we're teaching teachers, it's saying you have something to do with the relationship you have with every one of your students. You know, you're responsible. We call it responsibility. And uh, so how do we do that? I mean, it, it comes along after... We we really talk about that from the beginning. Uh, whenever anybody makes a statement that's a victim statement, I call it. You know, I really bring it out. We really, my, my facilitators and myself, we really bring it out to the people and, you know, just say, you know, wait a minute, you know, you know, look at how you create a promote allow that. And for teachers, it's really how you create promote allow every relationship you have with each individual student. And uh, you know, it's not the first class. It's it's after about three classes, three or four classes. But once people start seeing that they've got something to do with the way their life looks and choices they make, then they can really start getting that they're responsible. But they have to understand mm-hmm. uh, that, that they have power to make different choices, and, and it's really their life. It's not right. all living from the inside out instead of the outside in. Now, the kind of uh, programs that you're talking about, we'll go into that in a minute. But you know, before we do, I have a question for you, and I'd be curious to know what your response is. I've heard on numerous talk shows and through the media over the last year, people lament the fact that the education system in this country is broken. What's your comment on that? Well, I don't think it's broken. I think there's some good schools and there's some not-so-good schools. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it really depends. Uh, to me, it depends upon the consciousness of the people. That It's like a bus driver. You know, you get on a bus and, and some buses feel good and some don't. And the bus driver has a lot to do with it. It's really, the, I, I think it really has to do with the consciousness of the principal. And you can take the same neighborhood and, and, and have a school that's really working, and you can have a school that's not really working. And it has to do with, the, it starts with the principals. And uh, and then it goes to the, the staff and the teachers. And there are some great teachers like any profession, and there's some teachers that aren't so great. And yes, uh, the nice thing about education is most educators really care about kids, and they really care about what they're, you know, about. It's not like being on Wall Street. I mean, they're there because they care, and uh, so you're starting off from a, from a nice place. That's why I love working with education. Right. And so um, back in the early 90s when you developed that program, you presented yeah. that program, I believe, in Santa Barbara for several years. Was that a, like yeah, a workshop in the program? I started off in, uh, in, in, in uh, Santa Monica. I moved out to mm-hmm. California from New York. I started out in Santa Monica, and then I went to, uh, I went to uh, working with kids in Santa Monica, and then I started going working with adults up in adults and kids up in Santa Barbara, and then I really started focusing on parents because I saw it really made a difference when the parents were, you know, when the when we worked with the parents, I saw it really made a difference in the lives of kids. Now that was the program, the self mastery program, which you implemented yeah, yeah. Um, in California. Yeah, all the programs are teaching the same thing. They're basically the same, uh, mm-hmm. and. You know, I put it in book form. You know, I took what I was teaching, then I developed a book. And the books were parents, and their books were teachers, and they're in Spanish and English. But it's all basically the same teaching. It's about being more aware, more conscious, and looking at your life from that point of view. And do you like to um, to train the parents and the teachers separately or together? That's a good question. We train them separately, but what we're doing is we're training 
we're training the uh, what we're doing now is training the people in the schools that work with the parents that parent coordinators in New York City that work with the parents, their liaisons between the parents and the administrators. So we train them and they take our work and bring it into the school. And that's what we're doing. That's the, our big focus of our work right now. So it's train the trainer. And you, there's a lot more outreach. That, you know, it's it's nice. So you're training the parent facilitators in the schools in New yes. York City now? Yes, that's what we're doing. Schools. Because, you know, they're closer to the people and, and they know who needs the help. And we have it in a way that, so it's very user-friendly. And, uh, you know, and plus they take the course they're going to be giving the, the, the parents, which is a leadership program, so they get a lot of professional development skills. Could you give our listeners some idea as to some of the key points that might be in the parent leadership program? Because I'm sure a lot of people listening are parents and send their kids to either public schools or private schools in the New, in the New York City area. Well, it's what I said before, basically. It's, it, it starts off with listening. It starts off with, with recognizing and developing a mind that's quiet and is able to be reflective. It's looking at what we do instead of listening, looking at start observing your behavior and listening and and really looking at the nature of the mind and, and moment to moment and looking at, you know, in the courses now, it, it starts off with everything we think, do or say is either health-promoting or health-negating. So it's working, it's starting with that, looking at the thoughts and our behavior, and then it's looking at the practical aspects of getting enough sleep, eating intelligently, drinking plenty of water, exercising regularly, uh, taking time out each day to meditate or to relax. It's constantly reinforcing parents and the adults in schools to nurture themselves so they can better take care of kids. Uh, a lot of these teachers and a lot of these parents are really stressed out. They're not getting enough of sleep. Course. They're not eating right. They're not exercising. Just like the overall society. Just They're a reflection yeah. of society. Yeah, the only problem is is that when you have a teacher, they're influencing the lives of many children. And uh, I feel the children suffer when, when the people that work with them, you know, aren't totally present. Or, you know, even more positively, the more these people can grow and become more compassionate, the more they can give to their kids. Right. Now, you know, I, I, I was... I was listening to what you just said over the last few minutes, and I have some interesting comments because knowing New York City the way that I do since I have lived here for a good part of my life, getting people in New York City to listen rather than to aggressively you know, yeah. uh, interject their opinion must be some challenge yeah. indeed. Well, not really, you know, because <clears throat> the population we work with, we work with mostly in Title I schools, which are poor schools, we work um, mostly in the black Hispanic culture. Uh, most of the people we work with are black Hispanic. And, you know, not to be totally stereotypical, but these are mostly people who have good hearts, and they recognize people when a person really cares about them and is coming from a very honest place, and a lot of them have a spiritual base. And they recognize it. And, I, you, know, you know, honestly, we most people love it. And I'm not just saying that as, you know, giving myself on the – Pat on the back, but most people are very receptive. Once they get to the class, the problem is is getting parents to show up. But the parents we work with, they're very appreciative and and they learn a lot because you know these are not the type of the people that can go to a shrink or you know uh, they don't get private counseling. You know, it, 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 but when they hear 
when they hear what we have to say and the way we present it, they're they're really open. And you know, and you know, it's not a right. hard sell once once they show up. Does that surprise you? Uh, it, you want you want to know honestly? <laughs> it was of course, I want to know honestly. It was it, it would surprise me if it didn't happen in the in the in private schools and on Wall Street and in the corporate world. I think well, I'm, that's I, a harder sell. I didn't sell. get that. It was uh, it would surprise you if that did happen in those in, in the more yeah yeah, yeah. it would surprise me if people were weren't I mean the people we work with look at us and they're not asking what degrees do you have where you live where you come from how you dress they just they look at you and they go basically does this person really care you know does he really have our heart and and you know I really do and and my facilitators right. really do and that's what they mm-hmm. really care about and that's their bottom line. Right. And uh, you and know, pretty I, I, early on, yeah, we go, create a very safe environment. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I find that to be absolutely fascinating. And this is a point that might be counterintuitive for a lot of people. What you just made, and yeah. I'm personally not surprised about the receptivity in less affluent areas to your endeavor, yeah. because. Yeah. You know, when you go to the more affluent parts of New York City, such as Tribeca yeah. or these areas, yeah. you know, everybody is um, is a, um, uh, what do they call it, uh, wizard of the world. You know, they're all, all these people yeah. are very self-important, and they want to impose their point of view on everyone else. Yeah, there's a lot, you know, I, I don't want to say everybody's like that, but look, these are these are people that have that have gotten what they've gotten in life, and there's nothing, you know, I mean, you know, it's great. It's great to manifest. And they're manifesting at a higher level. <clears throat> and they've gotten there through through their mind and through their through through their mind, basically. For for, for you're a talking lot. about I, people it, you're talking about people yeah, in more affluent areas? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, it's not just and, their and mind, the, I mean it's it's also the circumstances and, and some of the benefits yeah. that were afforded them growing up. It's not just, definitely, you know, I, I don't definitely. think it's, you know. It, it, but it, the people we work with, let's it's simply, it's a, they're very heart-based cultures. That's all I can say. And and it's, uh, it's, I like it. I happen to like that. And I'm not making it wrong. I'm not making everybody else wrong or anything like that. All no, I of course say not. Is, is, they're, is they're really, they're really receptive these are very streetwise people. They've been around. They they know what they know. They just know when the loving is there, and that's what they respond to. And and very that's interesting. We we, and we create a safe environment. Very very interesting. Let me ask you something. Uh, now that you're the one that spoke about the demographic that you're working with in terms of less right. affluent areas in New York City, right? Do you find that the diet and the foods that they eat is oh. a big impediment to their health and the health of the children? Yeah. Definitely. And what Definitely. do you? What can you do about that? Well, we have, you know, we we have a handout, you know, that that we have on nutrition. You know, it's you know a two-page handout, and I think it's pretty good. It doesn't go in. It's not very esoteric, but it really, you know, it talks about, uh, you know, things like, uh, here, I have it with me. Let me let me look at some of the, oh, I don't have it with me. It talks about uh, things like, um, is it on that? Let me just see if I have a, yeah, here it is. So, you know, the, the topics would be uh, hydration, additives, preservatives, hormones, and pesticides, a section on that, personal nutrition, you know, about allergies, um, when you eat, you know, like uh, how frequently you eat and stuff like that, uh, how you eat, uh, cooking methods, you know, talking about fried food and stuff like that, talking about refined carbohydrates, 
and then uh, talking about antioxidants. So those are the different topics that are covered. And then we read it in class and we talk about it. But, yeah, I think it's really important. It's really important. And as they grow, you know, as they, they grow through the course, and people do grow. Uh, they, of course. We're looking for real change in people's lives. You know, their eating habits become more refined. I mean, it's, it, I think mm-hmm. that's a natural consequence, too. Do you have any influence over the food that's served? No. We have an influence over the serve when we teach. Like when we do the program and we're training the trainers in schools, you know, mm-hmm. I do it at a place called CIPA, who I'm f- affiliated with. Like, I, you know, when they come in in the morning, there's there's coffee there and and there's fruit. That's it. There's no pastry or anything like that. And for lunch, the, you know, there's wraps and it's all, you know, like good good food. I mean, there's no right. there's no fried food. There's no white bread. Uh, there's no soda, things like that. That I have control over. But, no, I can't control the school lunch program. But, you know, when you present this to parents and they're they're empowered and they're empowered, they can make the change, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking to empower these parents so they can make a difference in their homes and in their schools and the teachers in the same way. So I know uh, you also mentioned that part of the training is uh, for people to develop a quiet mind. Do you employ various yeah. forms of meditation training for that? Yeah, yeah, we teach it. We teach relaxation and meditation, you know. I mean, That's it's, part of, it's part of what we do. It's really part of what we do. And uh, I think early on, you know, 20 years ago, it was a little harder, it was a little harder to teach that. Um, but, uh, you know, and now it's a lot more acceptable. They have a thing now program that through CIPA they bring in where they go to schools and every they have, uh, you know, like a little uh, egg timer. And every day the teacher will take it out and say, okay, we're going to have one minute where we're not going to do anything. We're just going to sit there with our eyes closed for one minute. The teacher and the students just sit there, and, and they're asked to relax and to just focus on their breathing. So it's becoming more acceptable. All this work is becoming more acceptable. Absolutely. You know, um, uh, there is an amazing book that um, I became aware of called Meditations as Medicine. And it's an incredible book published by an MD and a yoga practitioner, which gives really mind-blowing examples of how it's about kundalini yoga, by the way, which is a very specific form of yoga and the meditations that go along with it, and how those modalities are incredibly powerful in healing and in creating a well-balanced life. And, yep. uh, th- you know, th- this is something that uh, – and in that book, by the way, and I, now I know why I mentioned it, um, the author um, threw out a statistic that at the present time in the United States, 50 million people meditate on a regular basis. 50 million. Yeah, that's, that's a huge number of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. It's just, just to – yeah, I think it's – you know, I think it's important. I meditate every day. I think I've been doing it for like – uh, you know, 40 years maybe, and I think right. it's really important. You know, I you know I, I some people today we're talking about it in class. You know, when I'm if I'm tired, if I'm irritable, if I'm stressed out, if I can do it, if I'm in a place that I can do it, I'll sit down and meditate for just for 10, 15 minutes, and it really, really helps me. You know, it Absolutely. really helps it makes my day much better, much better. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. So. We've talked about some of the particulars of the parent training. What about the training that the teachers go through? 
Uh, is it any different? Or is it a different modality? Are there different things? No, no, it's really similar. You know, I, I really, you know, it's really similar because, you know, listening, conscious choice, acceptance, forgiveness, taking responsibility, uh, communicating assertively, and really getting off of your habitual way of thinking and your responses to life and looking at more life-promoting alternatives, it's for everyone, and it's basically there's no big difference, you know. Um, teachers are a little different. We And we, you know, we keep it a little not as in-depth. The parents, it's, it's, you know, we work a lot with forgiveness with the parents. A lot of these parents have had oh. horrendous, uh, you know, childhoods and a lot of mm-hmm. things to forgive. And a right. lot of how do you get them? How do you get these people to forgive? What are some of the techniques that you use? Well, it, it, once you know, you know, you see you, you, when we forgiveness is presented towards the end of the program, and okay, once you see, you know, you have a choice about forgiveness, and once you see, you know, a lot of people don't get forgive because they have it, you know, good guys, bad guys, you know, like they're the good person, the other mm-hmm. person's the bad person, they did them in, blah, blah, blah. And right. it's really to get people to see that they have responsibility in every relationship. And Very once true. you take responsibility, <clears throat> it opens the door to forgiveness. If you're out there just blaming, you're never going to get to forgiveness. Right. So it's and really let me looking just... at the part you play. Right. And, you know, from my point of view, when it comes to forgiveness... The first step in forgiveness is to forgive yourself. When you can forgive yourself for whatever may have occurred to you in your life, then you can flip it out and forgive the other people that were involved. Yeah. Well, it helps, that's for sure. <laughs> it's important. Well, Any time for forgiveness is important. It's a very big thing. And in fact, that's the biggest. And when people, besides responsibility, you know, which, is, which really opens the door to a whole new way of looking at life, Really, the dramatic changes, the most dramatic changes occur when people forgive those people who've been, been carrying around on their backs for a long time. Right. A lot you of know, women, there's a lot of, Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, please. But there's a lot of single mothers in our classes, and uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of single mothers who have never made peace with their own fathers who have left or with, with men in their life who have left. Uh, right. And, uh, there's a lot of abuse. There's a lot of stuff. And it, it gets passed on to their kids, and uh, that's a problem. And uh, when when people can open up to that possibility and they can really take a look at it, uh, it can really it's really powerful. Uh, now, how long is uh, typically the programs? Let's say for the parents and for the teachers, how many weeks are we talking about? I'm talking about six weeks, three hours a week, eighteen hours. Mm-hmm. And for the and for the teachers in our training is thirty hours, and in the schools it's we we do as much as they can handle, <laughs> as much as they want us to come. Right, we, do, we have a lot of curriculum for that. Right, and minimum, you know, minimum usually eighteen hours. Right, you know, um, looking at some of the key points of your program for both parents and teachers, it strikes me that um, the program is very influenced by Buddhist philosophy. You know, yeah. forgiveness, acceptance, um, meditation. It's talking about, yeah, it's, talk, but it's talking about awareness. And that's, you know, the mindfulness is what Buddhism is about. I don't present right. it as Buddhism, but it's mindfulness is mindfulness. And, and, and that's yes. really, the, you know, at the basis, that's the foundation for it. 
Right. Now, you know, believe it or not, we only have a few minutes left, I'm sorry to say, because I could talk on and on, and and I find this to be a fascinating chat. How do we... Um, how does your program deal with students, and how does it, how does that program change depending on the age? When do you first, you know, present this to students? Do you start in kindergarten? Do you start when they're 12 years old? What's your theory uh, on we that? Don't, we, we don't do directly. I don't work directly with students. There's wonderful programs out there for students. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, there's a, a lot of good programs in school. For, we don't work with students. We work with the adults that are in the students' lives. We, we, we say we teach who we are. Meaning the right. children learn by observing their parents and teachers. So that's who we work with. So, and we work with parents of all age to all age students. Uh, there's courses we've done where the teachers are given curriculum to work with the students, but we don't work with directly with the students. Well, Dr. Rosenbaum, I'm sorry to say that we're nearing the end of the show. Is there anything you want to tell our audience about about your program, about Education for Excellence? Any 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 key points you want to mention in the next 30 or 40 seconds while we have time? Uh, just just if anybody wants to talk to me, anybody wants to uh, get in touch, it's Mark M A R C at E D the number four excellence dot com. The website, which is really interesting, I think. It's www.ed, the number four, excellence.org. Um, my number is 917-445-0965. I'm always glad to, you know, people that are interested, you know, can, uh, can get in touch with me. And uh, that's it. You know, we're, we're, you know, I'm always open for opportunities to talk to people and Excellent. like that. Well, I hate to I hate to cut this short, but thank you so much for being on Monogy Life. Um, we've come to the end of our show. Good night, everybody. Thanks so much, Dr. Rosenbaum, for joining us. Good night. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay.